Hello, Husker Nation, and welcome to episode 27 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening, Husker fans and fellow uh, podcast listeners. That's right. Uh, this is a college football throwdown. For those of you who don't know, this is a college football fan, college football podcast by college football fans for college football fans. And we're here today to talk about our uh, our collective team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and their game against Rutgers that was played this past weekend. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to kick this off with our uh, tradition of cracking a cold beverage for the podcast. Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. All right. I got a nice cold one here on a nice Sunday evening with unusually warm weather here in the, uh, the northern regions of Michigan in the upper upper uh, uh, portion of the lower peninsula. Yep. Cheers to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually had some great weather yesterday in Los Angeles, although they got a little colder, but it was good good stuff. Alrighty then. So, uh, yep, we're talking about the Rutgers game this week, and uh, we uh, we gave our predictions last week in terms of what we thought the how the, we thought the game was going to turn out. And uh, we seem to be reaffirming on this podcast, you and I, about why we're not on the Vegas teams, you know, coming up with the spreads and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes, because uh, uh, you predicted a, a 35-21 victory, whereas I predicted a 42-35 victory, thinking that their, their star uh, receiver was going to cause major trouble for us on defense. Uh, but it turned out to be a uh, low, lower scoring game than either of us thought, 31-14 as the final score. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, and the whole, you know, expecting them to be more explosive, I think, can be explained by the fact that their, uh, you know, prodigious wide receiver really, although he played, was not himself. Mm. I mean, it was very clear that his – his leg or his ankle problem, the high ankle sprain that he apparently has, was still very much limiting his uh, ability to create separation and to be able to make cuts. He was not himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, because once again, I was, I don't know what it is. I keep scheduling things for Saturdays. Like my Sundays tend to be less busy, but my Saturdays have been busy quite a lot because I wasn't able to watch this game while it was airing, uh, but I was paying attention to the play by play on my phone. And uh, sort of following the game that way, and then got to sort of catch up on it after the fact. Whereas you got to watch it live there in Michigan. Yep, and I, I I'm thrilled, Alex, that you're enjoying your new surroundings there in the Los Angeles area, and you're doing various activities. But at some point, you do need to set your priorities here, pal, <laughs> and, and get yourself in front of a television set for football Saturdays. As you know, there's two left, <laughs> yes. and then the season is effectively over, and now it's just postseason. It's true. Well, I I hope to be able to do that. Uh, if not this week, maybe this weekend we'll have to see, but the weekend after for sure, since that's our Iowa game and there's a lot of big games coming there in that last week. Um, your, but, your, your high school alma mater, I will have you know, won again this week and is now in the semifinals of the state uh, playoffs and plays uh, this next Saturday. At uh, either 1 or 3 p.m., they're still figuring out the schedules. Um, depends on what happens with, uh, ironically, the, uh, the, the high school, uh, your high school's uh, 
volleyball team is also doing very well and is in the semifinals of, of volleyball as well. Hmm. And so depending on whether they win or lose on Tuesday will determine what the time of the playoff game is on Saturday because the finals for volleyball are, are this weekend. Interesting. Uh, isn't the semifinals, at least when I was going out, were traditionally always played in the Uper Dome. Did, did they do away with that, or are they still doing that? No, they, they still sometimes do it, but we had earned so many points within the Michigan system that uh, we got uh, the home game rather than the whoever the team was from the Upper Peninsula. In this case, they got beat anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> uh, earlier see. earlier in the playoffs. So the so bottom line is... Uh, that is uh, that is the reason for our complexity. All right. Well, glad to hear that the St. Francis Gladiators are doing well. They uh, are. We got a we actually got a comment on one of our, our last Nebraska episode where we talked about the Michigan State game. Uh, Stephen left us a comment saying the worm has turned! Exclamation point. Yes, and and you know Steve has been a, a good loyal listener of ours, so we we need to find a way to. See if we can connect with him and, and get him on the podcast here. Uh, we'll have to contact him and find out what his schedule is and see if we can get him on. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of think uh, that, well, the worm has turned for a couple of reasons, Alex, and it's probably worth mentioning right now as a result of your comment there. Um, uh, you know, it's clear that, you know, after our struggles there uh, in that midseason period um, where we lost Purdue and, lost to Northwestern and some others. Um, I, I think the coaching staff has, has kind of gotten together and recognized that just maybe some of the clamors that were going on throughout the Husker fandom uh, you know, group uh, uh, were, in fact, had some valid points. Because mm-hmm. I have seen a, a clear, conscious commitment on the part of the football team to stay committed to the running game uh, to a greater extent than they did earlier in the season. And not necessarily because statistically they're they're running the ball better or having better, you know, on a per carry basis average, but because they've simply made a commitment to do it more. Mm-hmm. And and as a result, uh, we're winning football games. Yeah. And I and I don't think that those two things are just uh, coincidence. Oh yeah. Well, and we made the point that even in the Earlier games in the season, if you looked at our rushing yards, we were getting you know between three to four you know yards per carry on average. You know, so we were still being reasonably successful with it in a lot of those early games, and that's why it was so befuddling that we weren't going to it or trying more complex runs than just a you know quarterback sneak or handing off to the running back to have him go down the gut. You know, right? Exactly. And uh, now we're, we're seeing a little bit more creativity and we're also seeing a, a greater commitment where we'll do it even if we're not having, you know, profound success. And, and as a result, it's actually enhancing the effectiveness of our passing game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also did some interesting things in the passing game. I know um, we had Seathan Carter caught a few big balls um, as our, and he's our tight end, which I was reading that like that's the First time we've like thrown to a tight end in four years or something to that effect. Well, not thrown to it. No, no, no. Uh, what was actually the... Uh, the the thing that was unique was we did a, a tight end around uh, kind of reverse with a tight end, uh, which is the first time we've done that in like four years. Okay. And uh, 
and it worked for a, a, about a 30-yard touchdown. And, and it, was a, it was a great play. He had a convoy of blockers in front of him. It was very well executed, and, uh, and uh, you know, Seathan was able to run it right in. So, um, um, you know, you hope to see more of that sort of thing, a little bit of creativity of finding different ways to get your, your athletes the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were discussing before the podcast that one of the big reasons why our uh, defense – seem to be playing so much better in this game than they have in certain previous ones. It probably has something to do with the fact that we're more healthy now than we have been almost all season. That's correct. You know, finally, we're getting some guys back, you know, from injury uh, recovery. And ironically, it's right, right in time for our bye week. Uh, but, uh, but the reality is, is that uh, uh, it, it's going to, enhance our ability to and our confidence to do a lot of different things and rotate more players because now those guys that had the stub in while these guys were out are are players that we that our coaching staff now has confidence in so now all of a sudden we have more capability Mm -hmm. yeah kind of a blessing in disguise there and i actually think this times out pretty good in terms of those guys getting back because now they're getting back healthy you know we have this victory here and against Rutgers and now we have you know a full we can take you take uh, advantage of that bye week to its fullest extent you know get our best guys in practice repping over and over again and focusing solely on that Iowa game you know I feel like that'll help us put our best foot forward for that one absolutely I, I mean we have no excuses you know we have no pressure all the pressure is going to be on Iowa and uh, and you know no pressure about uh, about who who's supposed to win, but yet we know we have the ability and the capability to go out there and and, and win the football game against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember they who did they play? They played against Minnesota this week, right? And it was like Correct. 28-14 or something like that. No, 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 no. It was it was actually uh, quite a bit higher scoring, I believe. It was like. Uh, uh, 41-35 or something along those lines was the final oh, score. Yeah. Um, so it was about a five or six point victory for them, uh, but it was a it was a back and forth kind of deal, uh, mostly with Iowa in the in the lead, but with Minnesota constantly coming back time and time again, and, and they couldn't quite stop them out. So yeah. there's definitely some optimism that we should be able to move the football against that Iowa defense, but that Iowa offense is is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was thirty-five forty. I just looked it up. You were 35, right. Thirty-five forty. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I actually I remember I texted you because I was looking at the play-by-play and like the first drive we had it, we like ran it like you know several times in a row and just pounded it down there for a nice drive for our first touchdown, and so that was a nice nice change to see from some of our earlier games. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot to like about what we did in our game against Rutgers. You know. I mean, we went into the Rutgers game knowing we had some things we felt we could do, uh, and the coaches even talked about it. You know, they, they felt pretty good about certain aspects of what we were going to be able to do, but they were very concerned about Rutgers offensively and what uh, Rutgers offense was going to be able to, to produce. And then uh, Rutgers special teams was also an area of great concern, and we were able to very much clearly win the special teams game. And then uh, – and even and then, frankly, if it wasn't for a couple of mistakes that we made, specifically our quarterback made um, uh, during the game, 
they weren't able to get hardly anything going offensively until we gave them life with some extra possessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, looking at the stats here, we had uh, we passed it 21 times for 188 yards, and we rushed it 38 times for 174 yards. So quite the uh, you know the balance was definitely in favor of running this week, which was nice to see. And then another big factor is that uh, we only had two penalties for 15 yards, which is a big change from having eight or nine, you know, in a lot of our games earlier in the year. Absolutely, and 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 that's that's again going to become huge. And as we look forward to next uh, game, uh, is uh, you know Iowa is probably one of the least penalized teams in the country, and um, and those are two things that are going to be huge in the outcome of the game, is penalties and then turnovers. Uh, Iowa is outstanding at both, and we are not good <laughs> at yeah. both. Yeah, no, I mean, because that was, as you said, you know, as I was watching the play-by-play, like, we were up 21 nothing. I was feeling pretty good, and then I saw them, you know, I looked again like an hour later, and all of a sudden it was 21-14, and I saw we'd thrown, you know, three interceptions, and I was like, oh, gosh, are we going to, you know, let them back into the game? And obviously we took control after that point, but the fact of the matter remains that we we could have totally dominated that game if Absolutely. we didn't throw those interceptions. We gave them those points essentially. Uh, absolutely, and 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 fundamentally, that is one of the I think the biggest questions now as we look not only to the Iowa game here, and and we'll we should talk a little about the, uh, a little bit about the implications of this upcoming game against Iowa, but uh, but not only about that game, but about going forward from here, whether it's, uh, you know, are, uh, we're able to have a bowl game or not. If we, if we win and we're able to have a bowl game, then, um, you know, what's going to happen with the evolution of this offense and how Tommy goes about executing it. Um, you know, he has so many great attributes as an athlete and as a leader, uh, as our quarterback, uh, and he has great physical skill, but his decision making is at times awful. And uh, and so as a coaching staff, you know they're, they're they're in a quandary. You know what what do you do with this kid? And 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 frankly, my question is why are these coaches unable to get him to understand the mistakes he's making? And some of that is you know you've got to allow your your great players to kind of stretch the envelope a little bit and he did that in the in this game in which uh, at times that were successful and then at other times they weren't successful and so where do you draw that line and that's the tough part that these coaches are having to figure out what that line is and how they're gonna you know coach Tommy going forward yeah well we I've talked on a number of occasions in the past how I like hate it you know if it's like let's say we have a run that gets a yard on first down, second and nine, and then we you know, throw a deep ball on second down, like going for a touchdown or something, we don't get it, and then it's third and long. You know, I hate right. when we put ourselves in that sort of situations, and sometimes I wonder how much of that is the coaching, like calling the plays like that, versus Tommy, who has, I think, shown a propensity for tr- wanting to throw the deep ball, because he does have the arm to do it, he has the strength, mm-hmm. he's proven that, but his accuracy isn't there yet. Right. Well, and his strength is premised. His strength is premised on uh, on the fact that if he, you know, um, has the proper footwork, 
he can be incredibly accurate. He's a great thrower, but he is atrocious with footwork, just uh, just awful. And again, that gets back to coaching. You know, what are those coaches doing when they're reviewing that film? It's very easy for them to show him, you know, uh, occurrence after occurrence after occurrence of him throwing the football with improper footwork. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be that hard for them to be able to give him plenty of examples. This is what you're not supposed to do. Now, here's what we want you to do differently. And then during the practice, you need to stop practice and, and, and correct him during practice whenever he doesn't have his feet right. Yeah. I mean, you just do. Well, I got to think, I mean, I, there's no conceivable way in my mind that they're not, you know, telling him that I'm working with him on his footwork during practice. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if it's a little bit like, you know, uh, with our previous quarterback, uh, Taylor Martinez, we had an issue where he had, uh, he was a great runner, obviously, um, and he improved on his passing over time, but he made mistakes like Tommy does, throwing some interceptions, making some bad decisions, and then his throwing motion would sometimes be crystal clear and beautiful, but then he'd go back into like these bad habits and he'd fling it without properly, you know, getting his arm back and adjusting his feet, like you say. So I just wonder if it's kind of that, you know, uh, mental thing. It's like he's so used to it, and so when he panics, he, he falls back on that instinct, you know? Yes. Well, I, I think I think that is certainly part of it. There's no question that 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 it is that learned behavior. And so it's one of those things where you'd think it wouldn't take that long for him to break that habit. And I, and I have a feeling that, again, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm a bit of a Bobby Knight school of uh, coaching. Uh, so uh, I'm not uh, maybe, uh, you know, up with the times, if you will, as to how, how maybe you're supposed to do it. But, but I would be uh, literally, you know, taking some, uh, some tape and putting an X on the point in the on the field where Tommy used the proper foot technique, I would stop practice. I would make a big big deal out of it, and I would say, Tommy, you rolled out, you readjusted your feet, and then you released the ball with the proper step and release right here. And I would put a tape on the grass field or on the astro turf, you know, the uh, uh, field turf field, everywhere he, where he's doing that. And I would keep stopping practice every time until he got the message that we are not going to have an effective practice until you can get over this problem mm-hmm. because that's how important it is. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, that would be interesting. You know, we'll see. <laughs> I'd be curious to see how good your coaching philosophy yeah, would work in that <laughs> sort of scenario. But uh, it's, um, a, it's an old Bobby Knight technique. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I'm frustrated, you know, that we had those interceptions, that we let them stay in the game for longer than we should have. Uh, but overall, I mean, we made we made a lot of the adjustments we talked about on the podcast, you know, less penalties, uh, you know, playing good defense, you know, and then showing commitment to running the football, you know, like you said, letting that open up the passing game. I feel like uh, the, I'm forgetting his name, the offensive coordinator is now starting to realize Langsdorf. that. Langsdorf, yeah. thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He it, it does seem like he's making some progress in terms of his comfort level and what he is comfortable with. And frankly, I think uh, we had an injury to our running back, our starting running back, which allowed for them to make a change at running back, and they've gone with a bigger, more of a power uh, back in Imani Cross. 
and that has helped them too. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, our running game is a little more predictable because even when other things break down, Amani's a powerful enough runner that, that he still falls forward and gets a few positive yards, and it, and it doesn't keep us uh, you know, fall behind, falling behind on the chains. We're able to stay you know, on time because of what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's not necessarily going to break out in the eighty yard run all the time, but he's consistent. That kind yes. of thing. Yeah. All right, and uh, now previewing the upcoming game. Obviously, we have a bye week uh, next week. We might actually have a special guest for you guys. We're gonna have to see if we can make that happen. So you might get a, a cool Nebraska treat on next week's podcast. But two weeks from now, we will most certainly be doing the podcast on the Iowa game, and. Uh, in terms of what we, you know, we have this bye week, we have this extra time, you know, and uh, I feel like with Iowa, I know that if they beat, uh, do they play Purdue next week? Yes. Okay, if they beat Purdue, which they will almost certainly do, uh, they will have secured their spot in the Big Ten championship game. You know, even if they lose to us, it wouldn't affect that, but obviously if they have uh, playoff hopes, you know, then that game does still matter to them, and the fact that is that I bet you the media is going to be hyping up the fact that Nebraska upset MSU, so now can they repeat it with Iowa? So even though that might seem like a game where they might, you know, be looking ahead to playing Ohio State or whoever in the title game, I feel like they're going to be very focused on beating Nebraska that day, and we're going to be very focused on beating them too. So both teams will be coming with something to play for, I think. Oh, I agree. I agree. I I don't expect anything but their best effort. But I will say that... You know, because we do have the bye week uh, at this late juncture in the season, you'd like to think that that might help us out a little bit because we're gonna we're gonna be able to uh, take a few days off. The coaches are going to be able to focus on uh, uh, breaking down some Iowa film without any regard for any other team because they know it's the end of the year, so they can really dive in and and, and dissect things. And um, and so I would expect. I'll be disappointed if we don't have a great game plan and that our guys aren't healthy and ready to go come, uh, you know, next uh, Friday. Not this coming, but the other one. Right. Oh, is it a Friday game? It's a Friday game. Oh, that's interesting. It's the Friday after Thanksgiving, the traditional uh, after uh, Friday after Thanksgiving game that we've been playing uh, pretty much going back to our series with Oklahoma. Uh, yep. Good old the tradition. Big eight yes. Yep. yep. Um, this is just a thought I had, but um, do you think that the coaches would get all the, like the players together on Saturday when Iowa plays against Purdue and like have everybody like watch that game and just kind of be like pointing out like things about their you know formations or whatever? Like uh, no, no? I, they they would not do that at that time uh, during a live game. That's a very ineffective way to communicate those kinds of things, Alex. What they will do is they'll get the game tape. Uh, from Iowa, uh, and they they will be able to break that down and be able to have those discussions. And I guarantee you, they're already going to have cutups that they'll they'll be reviewing this week of earlier Iowa games. Oh yeah, they'll they'll find ways to get various sources of tape from Iowa, uh, and uh, and be doing some of that already throughout the course of this week. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like you were saying earlier. Uh, you, it seems like you're you're worried about Iowa's offense. That's their biggest. I, I really am. I really am. I I, I think uh, I think defensively Iowa's sound. 
they're good. They're, they're they're they don't have a weakness, but 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 they will give up some points. They gave up 35 to to Minnesota. You know, they gave up a lot of points to some other teams. I think that we have a prolific enough offense that we should be able to move the football and make make some hay and and, and produce some points against their their defense, but their offense is awfully efficient. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how our defense comes back. Like I said before, you know, hopefully the fact that we are finally getting our defensive guys healthy and the fact that they'll get a lot of reps this uh, with this bye week in practice will mean we'll be prepared for that. Exactly. You know, it's interesting, Alex, we, we've now talked for about 20 minutes or so and historically in our, podcast uh one of the first things we've done is reviewed the previous game and we've hardly talked about that rutgers game other than uh, to talk a little bit about tommy's performance oh uh, well, we, we, we talked about it we talked know, about it but you know what i mean relative relatively speaking uh and it's an indication of a kind of a uh, a shift in focus where um you know now that when you when you begin to have and string some victories together especially victories against teams that you expected that you should be able to beat um, then it's not that once that's done, it's not as important as maybe, um, it, it was when we beat Michigan state, for example, um, because it's like, we were expecting to do that. Let's move on to that next thing. Let's focus on what we got, we, we get to accomplish, you know, after the Purdue debacle, you know, the, the coach Riley and his staff got the team together and said, okay, forget about what's happened in the past. It's all behind us. Let's, let's buy in now. And, and you know, those of you who don't want to buy in, leave. But those of you who are ready to buy in, let's do this thing. And and let's we got a three-game season. Let's go to work. And now, at this point, we are 2-0 and in the three-game season. And we have a chance to go 3-0 and and potentially you know beat a second top-10 team. That's a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah. No, that uh... – it's it's hard to understate how much the Michigan State victory seems to have given this team life, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, I mean, it, like you said about, you know, just making the point about the injuries, how, you know, much better our defense looked against this Rutgers team. We have to kind of look back and realize that Riley really was playing with a, you know, a, a group of toys, as it were, that was not what he wanted, that was incomplete, you know, from the very beginning. And that was part of the reason why, you know, things weren't gelling there at the beginning of the season yeah uh, that's certainly part of it it was also the and the surprising part to me was that i i feel like langsdorf our offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach has a, apparently needed time to adjust and figure out the basics of college football success that you know guys like nick saban fully understand uh mark d'antonio you know uh, jim harbaugh all these guys that are really successful you look at them and for the most part, those guys, you know what they all have in common? They have powerful running games that work. And when they don't have powerful gun running games that work, they're not as good. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're definitely right. Um, so, uh, any more uh, you want to say about the Iowa game in terms of what we need to do to prepare for them? Well, I, I'm curious. Well, there's two things I can say. One, he's already kind of outlined uh, uh, Mike Riley has already outlined what he's going to do. We're going to uh, the team's going to practice uh, a couple of times, just two times this week, and then they're not going to get back together really in earnest on the uh, uh, um, Iowa game until Sunday. 
basically they're going to shift everything forward a day and they're going to treat it like a game week and they're going to give it the regularly scheduled game week experience, but it's going to start a day early because we play on Friday. And, uh, and so, um, you know, other than that, this week is going to be spent by the coaches uh, recruiting and, um, and probably breaking down some game film, maybe spending a little bit more time to deep dive into what's going on with Iowa over the course of the season and how can we attack them? So you basically, it's kind of this week is less of a you know intensive uh, practicing session for the players as much as it is a kind of strategy meeting for the coaches to kind of get their bearings. Yes, uh, the the hope with the kids is that you know you bring them in for their PT stuff, their physical therapy stuff, and and all the injuries and stuff that they're you know helping. So you you keep them, but otherwise you keep them out of that area, and you tell them get get caught up on your on your schoolwork, um, you know, uh, give yourself a little rest, make sure you you're sleeping at night, you know, those are the things that the coaches are telling these players. This is your opportunity to get yourself right so that you're ready to play at your peak performance the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, I mean that makes sense. I can see that working for sure. Yeah, so that's what they're going to try to do, and and if we can get a Tommy. You know, oh, I wanted to mention one thing. It's 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 interesting. I mean, this has become so uh, consistent that they they've actually people I'm starting to see on the internet uh, are, are, have a name for it. It's called Good Tommy and Bad Tommy, and uh, and literally there is there is almost two different versions of Tommy Armstrong. There's the good Tommy that understands the value that he brings to the team in terms of his legs. Uh, both running the football and making the decision to tuck and run it, as well as his decision-making in, in terms of those choices, they seem to be really good. Um, uh, and then there's the bad Tommy, who uh, tends to fling the ball without proper mechanical technique uh, in his throwing motion. And, and, and then once he does it once, he tends to do it two or three times. You know, he, he compounds mistakes rather than avoiding them by, by moving beyond them. Uh, and so that's an area that you, you still hope that Tommy can figure this out over the next uh, you know few weeks and months, so that by the time we get into next football season, he's going to be a very different quarterback. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we've he's shown clearly that when he's playing at his peak, you know what at what he's capable of, he's a terrific quarterback. Uh, but it's consistency, I feel like, with him. You know, he needs to be able to cut down on those mistakes and be able to, you know, make those good plays more consistently, more often, you know, or at least, you know, throw the ball away if you're getting chased down on third down rather than trying to force something, you know, and throw an interception. You know, make it a neutral play rather than a negative play. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, you know, if we can see some progress here in the next week to 10 days with Tommy, you know, getting a chance to kind of step back, maybe watch a little film, get a sense of what he's been doing wrong, that sort of thing. I think, you know, based on what Langsdorf has been able to do in terms of game preparation, not play calling, but game preparation, he's done a very good job. And so I would expect our team from center to, to tackle to, to, to tight end, you know, uh, all the way to quarterback, they're all going to be on the same page. They're going to know what they're expected to do. And now it's just a matter of, can they go out and do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and 
hopefully Memorial Stadium is going to be rocking that day like it was with the MSU game. I'm sure fans are going to be excited for that one with it being senior day and all. Absolutely. I think it'll be a great environment. Yep. All right. So time to lay down some predictions here about what we think the score is going to be. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to predict a Nebraska victory. I'm going to presume that we you know, make, we rest up, you know, we come playing our, some of our best football that we've played all season, you know, and that we execute and that we run the ball and that our defense finds ways to slow down their offense enough that we stay in the game. And uh, so I'm going to predict a, let's say, let's say a uh, 35 to uh, 30 victory for us. 35 to 30. Okay. Okay. Pretty close. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, all of the other games that we've had with them. Yeah. Um, I, I feel um, like, you know, it, you know, best case scenario, you know, is that we, we win the game. But it's a close game, you know. I don't see a situation where we like blow out Iowa. I don't think that's happening. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, we get blown out by Iowa. So I feel like if we win, it's going to be close. I mean, they're a top ten football team for a reason. But we are capable of beating them. I would agree. You know, I, my only difference is I actually think that whoever ends up getting the upper hand, whether it's us or Iowa, but whoever gets that upper hand they're going to be able to uh, kind of drive it home and and ultimately we'll have quite a number of, uh, you know, plays. Um, what I want to say, um, uh, quite a number of plays available to them to be successful. And so I don't think it's going to be close. I think the ultimate score ends up one or the other uh, quite uh, comfortable, meaning I'm going to say 12 to 18 point differential. Um, and it's a matter of do we hold on to the football and, you know, uh, effectively control the kicking game and the, and the change of possession uh, on punts. You know, if we do those things all well and we hold on to the football, um, I think we win the game, and I don't even think it's close. I think it would be like, uh, let's say, 42-28. But okay. I could see that score being a 42-28 Iowa victory just as easily. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm conflicted on that, and I'm going to go with a Nebraska victory only because I believe that we have this time off uh, to prepare. I think we're building momentum, and I'm confident that uh, Iowa has really not seen a lot of teams, you know, stem to stern that have the kind of explosive scoring threats and athletes that we have on offense. So I'd like to think that we'll be able to move the football on them pretty effectively. Right. I mean, their biggest wins are against Wisconsin and Northwestern. Right. And those were a, those were a while ago. And, and, you know, the Wisconsin victory was a fairly close one. Now, the Northwestern was a very dominant victory during a two- or three-game stretch where Northwestern seemed to kind of lose their focus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm sure that was partially injuries, too. Yeah, well, and we played, you know, close against both those teams. Obviously, we lost both of them, but oh, you know, there's one other thing about Iowa. Okay. If if they lose if they lose C.J. Beathard, who's their quarterback, they're in trouble. The guy behind him is a young gun. I believe he's a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, but he's a young kid. And and I don't believe if if we get in a situation where that's the guy because C.J. is hurt, um, I guarantee you. We'll tee off on this fella. Hmm. Interesting. Has the has CJ 
gotten a little banged up, like not out, but he's gotten hit in previous games. Do you think that's a worry for them? I don't think it is. Nope. Okay. Yeah, because that, that's honestly one reason I'm happy we have this bye week is because I know Tommy got, he didn't, you know, get injured, but he got hit pretty bad one time in the, uh, in this uh, Purdue, or not Purdue game, but the Rutgers game, you know, he's gotten beat up several times throughout the season, so it's good that he'll have the chance to rest up a bit. Nope. Hey, did I lose you? No, nope. not at all. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. And one other thing I just remembered, because I obviously didn't watch the game, but I was reading about this. Uh, good job on our defense. I think we uh, read that we had like six sacks and like 11 tackles for loss or something like that over that the course of that game. That was our best. It was our best defensive performance of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely good to see that. We haven't seen too many sacks this year, so I like I like hearing those numbers. Me too, and, and our, with our health, we're able to rotate, so all of a sudden you can be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Precisely. All righty then. Well, as we said before, um, we may or may not have a Nebraska-specific podcast Next week, um, we're going to see if we can get this special guest to come on with us. Um, but we will definitely be back two weeks from now, and we have our, uh, we'll be doing our traditional, um, more college overall podcast uh, this week when the new playoff rankings come out. And we'll be looking forward to the Iowa game, which will decide if we're going to go bowling this year or not. That's right. It's an unusual position for us to be in, but one that makes that game very exciting and, and really important. For both teams and given that it's a, a it's it's our one of our few um trophy games and it is uh, you know kind of the intended rivalry that the big 10 wanted to create when they when when nebraska joined the conference it should lead us to all those things i expect the nebraska fan base to be energized and i expect that environment on the day after uh, thanksgiving to be rocking mm-hmm yeah, and it w- will be funny if we can pull out the victory against Iowa. When you look back at the season, you'll see that like we you know played uh, played terribly against like you know teams who are in like the bottom half of you know Division One football. But right. then you know when we played against top ten tier opponents, we managed to win. <laughs> right. Well, and see, you know, regretfully, that's kind of that's kind of Mike. Uh, Riley's M.O. even back to the Oregon State days. Mm. So it's a little scary. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, I mean, obviously we'll have to look forward to next year to see if that's going to be a trend or not, but I'd like to think that, you know, the various factors about the coaching staff, you know, not calling maybe the best plays, you know, and the team maybe not being fully on board and all of our injuries and all of that were the true reasons that we struggled so much in those games and then there's just the flukiness of some of those crazy finishes you know right i I like to think that that's the reason more than some sort of mike riley curse or whatever (laughs) right yeah i would agree all right so if you all out there enjoyed this podcast you can email us at huskerpete13 at gmail.com you can find us on footballthrowdown.podomatic.com or on the podomatic app we're also on iTunes. You can subscribe to us there, uh, give us ratings and reviews. You can comment on the Potomatic page like Steve did for us this week. Always love hearing from you guys. And uh, thank you out there for listening, Husker Nation. And until next time, go Big Red. Go Big Red. <laughs>